listening to the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Here's your host, Joe Deluisio. Because he's a bad man! Welcome to episode 101 of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast, coming to you live from the New York City studios. Joe D'Aloisio here. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Joe, double underscore D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. It is officially game week for the Green Bay Packers. Unless you live under a rock, you know what the matchups look like when it comes to the NFL postseason. The Packers welcome in the San Francisco 49ers to Lambeau Field, on Saturday night, kickoff 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Buck Aikman in the booth. We'll preview the game in just a few moments. We got a full slate here of some good divisional round playoff games. Packers, Niners, Rams, Buccaneers. In the AFC, you have the number one seed. And I, I swear, I can't think of a number one seed in the Tennessee Titans that have been more disrespected than them. Pretty much nobody counting on them to perform well and play well against the Bengals. And then, of course, the marquee matchup of the week, in my opinion, outside of this game, Kansas City against the Buffalo Bills. And we'll get into those games in just a little bit. But the main reason why we why we are here, I want to let you know how I'm feeling for Saturday's marquee matchup against the 49ers. We're going to preview that matchup. I'll let you know if I'm feeling confident. You'll know by the end of this podcast where I stand. And of course, before I let you go, my picks of the week. Last week, we had uh, the first edition of the playoff picks, 2-1. and one. Of course, we're off to a good start. Bengals and 49ers covering. Got burnt with the Pats game, who were a complete no-show. Shout out to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. For proving me wrong, I had way too much faith in Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Uh, I've learned my lesson. I think I have, I now know where to go when it comes to Bill Belichick. I think we've seen what life after or post-Brady is going to be like for Bill. So, at the end of the pod, stick with me. I'll give you three more picks because this is the final week where I'll only, well, I'll be able to give you Three picks, three different games, not having to pick a Packers game. And as I promised, as we cut down on games, and it only drops to two games before the big old game, uh, we'll get a little bit more creative with the picks in terms of prop bets, on under-overs. We'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. I'll still deliver something, so just stick with us until the very end for those picks, and I promise I'll have something different in the, in the next coming week. So, Saturday. Pretty, game, pretty, pretty big game, if you ask me, huh? Lambeau Field, home crowd, cold weather. What more can you ask for? Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. Um, I was looking, right? I, I saw the matchup. I was looking to potentially make the journey to Lambeau. Then I saw the temperature. And I said, no, no, I don't think I could handle that. And and part of me feels, and you know this story by now if you're a loyal listener of the podcast, is I haven't, I've been to Lambeau twice. Both times we've set record 
temperatures for temp- for highs in the month of October. I feel like I have I have yet to experience Lambo because I haven't sat in that sacred stadium when it's freezing. So I I need to do that. And I was looking at tickets and I was saying to myself, you know what? This would be a hell of a trip. It'd be a quick turnaround. But this would be a hell of a trip. I didn't pull the trigger, unfortunately. I chickened out. You can make fun of me all you want. I chickened out. But man, I start with the weather because it's supposed to be a high of 20 in Green Bay on Saturday. By the time we get to kick off at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, we're talking single digits. Why do I start here? Of course, the opposing quarterback, Jimmy G, has started 68 NFL games. None of those games have been below freezing, let alone below 40 degrees. The coldest game that he has started had a kickoff temperature of 40 degrees. Jimmy G is about to experience a whole new level of cold Saturday night, primetime football, divisional round, Lambeau Field. Yes, I know. He grew up in the Chicago area, went to College of Illinois, was part of the Patriots organization, played with the Patriots. Yes, he's used to cold weather. He's he come at, he's he came out this week plenty of times and said, "I'm not scared of the cold weather." I didn't expect him to say that. So I do know that side. But we do also know Jimmy G is coming into this game dealing with a few injuries. According to Shanahan, he has a sprain in his throwing shoulder. He's battling through a thumb injury. I'm not speaking from experience by any means, obviously, because I've never played a single down of tackle football. But I could only imagine how much more it is going to hurt on Saturday getting hit when the temperature is that low. That's without even factoring factoring in the fact that he's go he's coming into this game banged up, bad shoulder, bad thumb. Now imagine landing on that shoulder. Now let's talk about gripping that football when the ball feels like it's a hockey puck because that's how hard it is. And let's not even get into the wide receivers trying to catch these bullets that are being thrown at them. I think the number one key to this game is to let Jimmy G do things he is uncomfortable doing. Make him feel uncomfortable. Bring the pressure. You got to get after him. You got to knock him around. You got to make it a physical game for Jimmy G. But most importantly, when you have him sitting in that pocket, you got to make him throw that deep ball. There were a few times last week in that win over the Dallas Cowboys where Jimmy G just straight out missed wide open players. And I'm talking wide open, not a soul around them. Those mishaps can happen in the playoffs. You got lucky 
that the other team didn't capitalize, was a little far too far behind, maybe a little unprepared in the Dallas Cowboys in that game. But you make those mistakes this point of the season against the wrong team, you're playing golf next year. You're not playing in the NFC Championship game. I can guarantee that. And speaking of last week's game, the 49ers nearly did everything possible to blow that game. I mean, you go back and watch that game. If George Kittle ends up fumbling towards the end of that match, I'm convinced the Cowboys come back and win that game 100%. I thought the the 49ers played their best brand of football or close to their best brand of football against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys just gave a B effort, if that. Still had a chance at the end to make a comeback. Still had an opportunity to punch the ball in at the end of the game. Force Jimmy Garoppolo to do something he doesn't want to do. And that's throw the ball. Make him throw the ball a ton. In games this season where he's had to pass the ball 35-plus times, he is 1-3. in And that one victory comes in overtime against the Bengals. One of those losses, our Week 3 matchup against the 49ers on the road. Right? You look back at these two teams when they met Week 3. The Packers were able to get off to a quick start, a lightning start, 17-0 out of the gate. That forced Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers offense to throw the ball. It completely shifted the game plan away. They finished that game with 21 rushing attempts, 40 pass attempts, nearly double the rush attempts. Why? They fell behind. Now, granted, they fought back in that second half. Green Bay still ends up being victorious. An incredible final drive by Rodgers and Devontae Adams just connecting on and on and on and again and again and again and again. And then Mason Crosby kicking it through the uprights as time expires. But if you make Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball 40 times in this game, I like your chances. I really do. So how do the Green Bay Packers force Jimmy G and the the 49ers to have to throw the ball? Well, on the offensive side, it's basic. On the offensive offensive side, similar to week three, you got to get off to a quick start. You need to score and score, and score. There is no time to let let off the gas at this point. All gas, no breaks. Here is when we should be seeing it in the postseason. The 49ers are one of the worst teams. They actually, they are the worst team in the National Football League when it comes to playing man defense. Dead last. In week three, Rodgers attempted eight passes when the 49ers were in man coverage. He completed six for not for 97 yards. 
if the 49ers need to go or for some reason are in man coverage, they got it. Green Bay needs to take advantage of that. Needs to take advantage of that and take the take a shot deep. One thing that I would love to see on the offensive side of things for Green Bay, the pre-snap motion. When the pre-snap motion is present, this offense is so unpredictable, so much harder to defend. It worked so well last year. It continued to work this year. Don't go don't get away from it. Again, the pre-snap motion worked extremely well in that week three matchup. And you know on the opposing side, when the Packers are on the defensive side of things, the 49ers are one of the best teams when it comes to pre-snap motion. And we know they have the playmakers in Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. That could punish you if they get a sweep. A reverse, they need to be ready for that. I would I will be highly disappointed if the trick plays, the jet sweeps are very effective in this game. If that's the case, you came into this one unprepared. I think this is a time. Where you can't let that happen. If they start doing it and it starts working on a consistent basis, you came into this one unprepared. And the blame starts with the coaching. I don't anticipate that happening. Another way, you force Jimmy G to throw more. Again, if you're the Packers offense, get the ball to the best player on the field. It's plain and simple. They had no answer for Adams week three. Not many teams have had an answer for Devontae Adams. If I'm Matt LaFleur all week, two weeks, I am doing everything possible to get Adams the ball. Scheme, figure out a way to get Devontae Adams open. You're also going to want to rely on that run game. If you have a good combo between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and you're taking seven, eight, nine minutes off that clock and it's resulting in sevens, 49ers aren't going to have the ball much. They're going to have to move down the field quick. The run game is just as important in this one as the pass game. And you've heard me all season long say that This offense is so much better when that run game is active and working because when the play action starts starts to come, good luck. I don't think there's a team better in the NFL that runs a play action than the Green Bay Packers right now. On the defensive side of things, plain and simple. Not a, not a lot easier said than done, so excuse me when I say plain and simple. And you can't see me right now, but I am laughing after realizing what I just said, but stop the run. You get 
off to a big start, get a quick lead, the opposing team will have no choice but to throw the ball, similar to what happened in week three. The 49ers were held to just 67 yards on the ground the first time these two teams met. The first time these two teams met. And while, again, while we're on the topic of running the ball, whether it's Elijah Mitchell, whether it's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, whoever is getting the ball, stop him. The gadget guys, the Debo, Debo Samuel, he's the guy. You figure out a way to slow him down and contain him, and it's not an easy task because he has been doing it from everywhere on the offense. I'm jealous that there's not a player like Debo Samuel on this Packers offense. If there was, with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback as, as, as your quarterback, my God. Debo Samuel is a problem, and he's going to get his the same way Devontae Adams is going to get his on Saturday. But you got to limit these gadget guys. They're going to get the ball. Got to limit the explosive play. You do that and you put the game in Garoppolo's hands. I really like how this could end up. Now one storyline that everyone is obviously following closely and has been all weekend leading into this game is the injury situation on both sides. Obviously, the Packers have been a team that's been hit with the injury bug all season long. They've missed playmakers all season long. We all know that. Now they have some guys coming back. Veteran wide receiver Randall Cobb, who's been watching the playoffs from his couch the last four years, he should be ready to go. He should be ready to make an impact. Which, to me, right, if I'm Randall Cobb, This is it for me, probably. This could be the last hurrah for Randall Cobb. The competitor that's Randall Cobb is going to go all out this postseason, hoping that he stays healthy on the field. Because if he could get that Lombardi trophy, I think that's all he needs right now. And he's done. Billy Turner. Matt LaFleur said he will play. Jair Alexander. Questionable. Zadarius Smith, who knows? If he ends up being activated, now depending on when you listen to the podcast, he may be activated, it may be released, the news may break that he won't be activated. If he is activated, Zadarius Smith is playing. David Bakhtiari, questionable, but I'm leaning more towards he's going to play. MVS, doubtful. All right, which is a big hit. For the Packers, but the way that Alan Lazard has been playing in the final stretch of the season, you're not going to miss MVS that much. I've said it a ton of uh, a ton of times when it comes to these injured players coming back. No reason to just throw them in after not playing a significant amount of football. You don't just throw them in and put him in a starting position. Especially guys like Alexander and Smith, if they even both play. You could definitely, though, find ways to get them involved. Even a guy like Cobb. You could figure out plays. You could get creative. And okay, how are we going to get Cobb open? This is what we're going to do. 
Okay, Zadarius Smith, we're going to rush him from this side. They're used to seeing him here. Actually, we're going to just have him stuff the middle. I don't know. If I knew what they were going to do, I probably wouldn't be hosting a podcast. Maybe I'd be coaching football, but I don't know. But I think there's an opportunity here to get creative, put people in spots that they're comfortable where they won't be a liability where the opposing team hasn't seen them. I think that's scary. I think it's scary thinking about the possibility of having Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and Eric Stokes on the field at the same time. I think it's scary thinking about Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Rashawn Gary, and Zadarius Smith all on the field at the same time, not knowing where it's coming from. MVS is out. Obviously, Randall Cobb isn't that long threat, but that reliable option in the slot. Does that open up opportunities for Lazard out wide on the outside with his big frame? And Lazard has been overall tremendous in this second half, whether it's catching balls. He's a, he's a tremendous block, blocker. He's a warrior. He's the type of guy that you want on your team doing getting down and dirty when he needs to. In terms of the offensive line, obviously there's no plug-and-play there. There's no rotation or shift there. But at the same time, I'm not as worried with throwing guys in there like Billy Turner, David Bakhtiari, going, hey, go out there if you're good. They've been moving guys around all season long, and they haven't stopped. They haven't missed a beat. So I'm a little less weary there. Meanwhile, for the 49ers... They had a scare in that Cowboys game with Nick Bosa and also with Fred Warner. Now, the good news for the 49ers is it looks like Warner's going to be just fine. It looks like he's going to be okay, which is huge for the 49ers. As for Bosa, again, encouraging news. He did return to practice, was limited, but he still needs to clear that protocol. If I had to bet, he's clearing that part. He's clearing that protocol. This defense, big difference with Bosa compared to without Bosa. If again, if I if I was to bet if he's in or out, I think he clears protocol with no issues and he plays Saturday night. So having both Bosa and Warner on the field is huge, and of course, Elijah Mitchell also on that injury report. He looks like he's on track. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo, he looks like he's good to go. So how do I feel? What sense? I don't know if you've been able to see or feel or get a feeling from how I've spoke about this game. Am I concerned? Am I confident? A little bit of both. And I don't know if that's even possible to be a little concerned, but at the same time, confident. I mean, I think of this team, and I've seen what this team has done the last three regular seasons, and it's, it's been phenomenal. And then the last two seasons, I've seen them fall short in the NFC Championship game and completely just lay eggs in both of those games and just show no fight. And that, that's discouraging. I will say this. I love the fact that some way, somehow, 
it just seems as if the Green Bay Packers aren't getting enough recognition or enough praise right now in this matchup. I don't know if it's because the 49ers are the hot team at the moment that maybe they just knocked off the Dallas Cowboys on the road. They're playing well these final few weeks of the of the regular season. Everyone's kind of jumping on that bandwagon. I can't get a real grasp of it, but the more I listen to the national media, the more I listen to sports talk radio, I'm hearing more and more people side with the 49ers. And I'll be honest, as a Packer guy, I like that. I like that somehow the number one seed that's won 13 games three straight years isn't getting enough love. I love that. And maybe that's all that I'm hearing and I'm not hearing the people that are, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers should be fine. But I love the fact that it it seems as if they're the underdog in this one. And I'll tell you what, in terms of teams that have the most pressure remaining, it's the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur. You better believe it. And it's not even close on both both sides, on both conferences. The way that the season started, the way that the offseason leading into the season, the uncertainty that is with Aaron Rodgers, who knows, does he come back? Does he leave? Is this the last real opportunity to win a Super Bowl? And who knows how long? Because I don't think you really know, but you do know what you have in Jordan Love if he ends up even being that guy. You got to the NFC Championship game twice. You don't think it's burning Matt LaFleur that he can't get over the hump? There's not a single team left in this postseason that has more collective pressure than the Green Bay Packers. But they haven't seemed to have shown that they're under pressure once this entire season. Now granted, that pressure builds now that you're in the postseason, but not once was there ever a single flinch, nervousness, or at least it seemed like there there wasn't, all season long. Guy after guy after guy after guy going out with injuries, missing week after week after week. And you still figured it out. So am I a little bit concerned? Yeah, sure. Sure, I think Debo Samuel and company could be problematic. I think this game early on is going to be a chess match. I don't think you're going to see fireworks early on, which means you probably will. But I think this is really going to be a chess match between LaFleur and Shanahan. Shanahan obviously getting the best of LaFleur in the NFC Championship game. LaFleur coming back this season. Getting the best of him in the regular season. That bitter, not much love handshake at the end of that game. What I am confident about is that the Green Bay Packers are the better overall football team. 
And I think the better overall football team wins. And I think they're getting right at the perfect time. And the addition of these injured guys pieced in with the players that were signed off the practice squad that were signed as free agents. The combination of both will be tremendous in this postseason. I like the chances. I really do. There's something that feels different about this Packers team. And I hope I'm not jinxing it, but it's hard not to feel that way considering all the storylines and how everything has progressed. We'll find out Saturday night. Win or lose, I'll be back next week. That's for damn sure. I'll be back and I'll I'll guide you through. If the Packers lose, I'll guide you through the rest of the postseason. We'll have guests on. We'll preview the big game. We'll get the gambling side of things. I'll still be here. I'll talk about what's next for Green Bay if that happens. But their season, I don't think, is ending on Saturday. Now, before I let you go, you know what time it is. Music, hit it. It's time. Money isn't everything. It's the only thing. For Joe's. The Packers are moving on. Three picks of the week. Everyone has a price. <laughs> so here we go. The final time that we will have three games to pick from. Mine's, of course, courtesy of FanDuel.com. Check it out, FanDuel.com. FanDuel, thanks for the free money that you've been providing to myself and our and my fellow New Yorkers who are now able to legally gamble um, via the mobile devices and place a little shekels on a few games that we have no interest in. So where do we go in this postseason? Let's start with the Saturday afternoon game, Bengals-Titans. I said it for a quick second at the top. I've never seen a number one team a number one seeded team get disrespected more or at least that I could remember than what's going on with the Tennessee Titans here. I mean, nobody is talking about the Tennessee Titans. I think their odds to win the Super Bowl as a number one seed uh, earlier in the week was plus 850. I think that is crazy. And in this game, I'm going with the number one seed. Why? Because they are getting even better this week, specifically on Saturday when they get the return of Derrick Henry. I think the Titans will be able to control the game because of their run game, keep that high-powered Bengals offense off the field, and that's why I like them in this one at minus three and a half. Game number two, Sunday, Bucks rams This one to me is a toss-up, and I thought the Rams were in a toss-up against the Cardinals on wild-card weekend, but woof, was that terrible. Uh, that, that really shocked me, but essentially, when it's all said and done, the Bucks and Rams really just went up against weak opponents on wildcard weekend. Again, my, my heart says, go Rams here. My gut says, you never bet against Tom Brady in the postseason, especially when Brady lost to the Rams in the, in the regular season. I like the Bucks in this one, minus three. Now, with that being said... I think if Odell Beckham Jr. has himself a big game, maybe in for a little bit of a surprise here. But the Rams could get it done. I wouldn't be surprised. Finally, the, again, marquee matchup outside of this Packers 49ers game, Kansas City and Buffalo. Similar to what I just said about the Bucks, 
Another toss-up, in my opinion. Classic game where my heart says Buffalo, but my gut says Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. I think there's just way too much talent on this Kansas City offense compared to Buffalo's offense. And I, I just think it's going to be way too much for Josh Allen to keep up with Kansas City. I like the Chiefs in this one, minus one and a half. So again, my final three picks, the Titans, minus three and a half, the Bucks minus three, and the Chiefs, minus one and a half. No upsets, no dogs this week, but I think I'm going with my gun. I'm taking the better team in each of these matchups. So that'll wrap up this episode of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. For those of you that'll be at the game, be at Lambo. I'm jealous. I envy you. Be loud. Be safe. Have a great time. Let's talk about this game. All right? I'll be active on Twitter before this game, during this game, probably after this game. Shoot me a follow on Twitter at Joe double underscore D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. And as always, go Pack Go.